Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I'm going to share a little bit of my journey with you. Um, You know, I come from a Sunni Muslim background. I was born into a Muslim family in the nation of Turkey. My family immigrated here to the United States when I was 12 and a half, almost 13 years of age. And then at the age of 17, well, at the age of 16, I, I gave up on religion. I was disillusioned with religion. And then I kind of got really sucked into a very bad lifestyle just with some bad people partying, alcohol, drugs. But at the age of 17, I had a supernatural encounter. God spoke to me in an audible voice and said that he had a plan for my life and it shook me. And the fear of God gripped me when he, when he spoke to me and I began to search again. And a few months after that, I heard the gospel for the first time. I didn't receive Christ because I was so confused in my mind, having been indoctrinated with the religion of Islam, that Jesus is just a prophet. He did not die on the cross. You know, that the Bible has been changed and doctored up to make him look like he is the son of God, but he is not. So those are the things that we've had to deal with, um, you know. And, um, you know, that, that's the way I was indoctrinated. But, um, but I had the presence of God touched me when somebody prayed with me when I was 17. And then I began to search. And eventually I became the first born-again Christian in my family. And one of the things that happened as soon as I became born again, obviously, I mean, I became a soul winner. But another thing, I was so intrigued. I was always, always, even as a child, always so intrigued about the end times, you know, because there was no clarity in, in our religion, in my former religion about it. So immediately, it just something was sparked in me to, to, just, to just study the end times, to understand the end time prophecies of, of the Word of God, of the Bible. But in 2010, um, you know, um, I helped establish a Christian television network in the Middle East. And I was actually the first person to ever preach the gospel in the Turkish language on television and, on, and, and broadcast in our nation. And um, so I did a lot of television programs, literally over 2,000 television programs. Um, but in 2010, the Lord uh, spoke to me about doing a series for television on the end times to really go through everything, uh, the biblical prophecies of the end times. And then in 2010, I was actually preaching here in the United States. I was, I was preaching in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Spirit of God fell on me in the middle of my message. And I began to give a prophetic utterance, speaking by the Holy Ghost. You know, um, prophecy has two elements to it. There is the forth telling, which is speaking forth, bubbling up out of your spirit. You know, uh, the utterance just bubbles up out of your spirit. That's actually what, what the word prophecy means. Prophetia means just a bubbling forth. So foretelling, just speaking under the unction or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then there's also the foretelling, which is seeing beforehand and speaking beforehand because you're able to see into the future and be able to speak about certain things. And I begin to speak. I begin to speak about things that will come. And it was very, very uh, powerful, actually. Um, And what I begin to say was this. um, And I actually begin to see dark clouds rolling in all over the world. And many were just in absolute panic. Uh, People were in just absolute, it was just chaos, panic, fear, confusion. And I begin to say that many are not ready for what's coming. There's been a false sense of security, especially here in the American church, because we think we're we're safe, but we actually are not, because I was actually speaking at the time in America. But I begin to say that those who live by information in these final days, are not going to be able to overcome. Only those who live by revelation are going to overcome. And there's a big difference between information and revelation. You know, we are not to be led by information. We are to be led by revelation. Information is head knowledge. Information is you gather information through your senses, you know. And they tell us that we are in the information age. But let me tell you, I got news for you. We actually have been in the revelation age for the last 2,000 years. Since the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, that we have been in a time of revelation. You know, these things are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will show you all things to come. He will, He's the Spirit of truth. You have received an anointing from the Holy One. You know all things. 
right? First John chapter 2, verse 20. First John chapter 2, verse 27. And this anointing that you have received from him abides in you, and you need no man to teach you, to instruct you. That is about leading you. That means you don't need to call me for every decision you're going to make 24-7. You don't need a pastor to direct you with every step of your life because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to, to direct you. You do need pastors and teachers and fivefold ministry, obviously, to, to teach us, to impart into our lives. And accountability is great with uh, many counselors. You know, you, you, you wage the war and get the victory. So that's important, having that accountability sense. But the number one accountability is the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The number one accountability is the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Can I get the ushers to help with the seating, please, so that there's no confusion, please? I need the ushers involved with seating since we're doing a special way of seating. I do need ushers still involved as people are coming in. Thank you. Amen. So, um, as I was saying, we, have, we, have, we are in the revelation age because it's the Spirit of God that reveals to us and leads and guides us. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Amen. And so Jesus said that the Spirit of God will lead us and, and show us all things to come because He's the Spirit of truth and He'll protect us from error. Amen. Because there is such great deception. And one of the things that happened also back in 2005, I was again preaching and I had an open vision. In the middle of my message, the power of God came upon me. I saw the ground open up and I saw hordes and hordes and hordes of demonic spirits just, just going out all over the world. And, and I heard the Lord say, the end time spirit of deception has been released into the world and 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 i tell you right now that we are living in days where you cannot be led by information because that's how deception comes deception comes through information truth comes through revelation we are to be led by truth and truth of god's word you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free and the lies that you believe which is what how deception comes puts you in a place of bondage and fear and obviously you know fear has torment fear paralyzes you God has not given us a spirit of fear but he's given us a spirit of power love and a sound mind and perfect love the love of God casts out all fear when you know that your heavenly father loves you when you know that your heavenly father will take care of you provide for you protect you heal you strengthen you you know and all of these things that you have absolutely no reason to fear right but deception is to cause fear and spirit of fear and spirit of deception are the two most powerful weapons of the satanic kingdom. You understand me? See, the devil does not have any power over Christians. A born-again believer, baptized in the Holy Ghost, washed in the blood of Jesus, do you understand me? Has dominion and authority over all demonic forces. Do you understand me? Jesus said, I send you. Go trample on snakes and scorpions. Destroy the power of the devil. Amen. Nothing of the enemy shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. Do you understand me? You'll take up serpents. Hallelujah. You cast out devils. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the kind of power and authority that the church has been given. And the church must rise up. We must be the church in this hour. Church, the church is the only hope for the world right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. We are the only hope because we are the restraint. The Bible says that when the restraint is removed, that's when the man of sin, the man of lawlessness, the antichrist incarnate shall be revealed but that time has not come yet but we also know that the spirit of antichrist has already been in the world ever since basically the garden of eden when the knowledge of good and evil was opened their eyes were opened and the knowledge of good and evil was released in the world and adam who was given dominion over the world basically sold out in high treason and turned the reins and the dominion and authority of the world to Satan and Lucifer became the God of this world. Jesus said the God of this world is coming but he has nothing on me. He has no power over me. Do you understand me? And the God of this world, Satan is the God of this world. The world system. But then we also know that God so loved the world, the people. So there is, when we say the world, there's the people of the world and then there's the system of the world. The system of the world is designed to keep the people of the world through satanic structures in bondage, in deception, in fear. Do you understand me? In sin, in rebellion. But then we know that Jesus said, you know, I am, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Because the thief, which is the devil, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Everything he does is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he has weapons. 
But we also have weapons. And the Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty in God, powerful in God for the pulling down of strongholds, destruction of strongholds. And what are these strongholds? These strongholds are imaginations, thought patterns, mentalities, every kind of knowledge that exalts itself against the knowledge or the word of God. So whatever you believe that is contrary to the word of God is going to become a stronghold through which the devil will use to try to dominate your life. He'll try to control your life. And what we're dealing with now, I'm going to begin to expose these things. So one of the profound things that, I ha that happened to me about the end time, seeing the end time deception, spirit of deception actually being released. I saw it. I saw it in an open vision. Then in 2007, as I was prophesying, many are not ready for what's coming. People are led by information. Those that are led by information are not going to be able to make it in these final days. Only those who are led by revelation. They're going to be overcomers. They're going to be more than conquerors. And they're going to pull right through everything. And God's going to raise them up and use them up mightily. Because great shaking is coming to this world system. And we are dealing with great shaking. If this is not a great shaking, I don't know what it is. You know, if, doesn't, if this doesn't shake people, I don't know what will. We definitely know that there is a shaking. Amen. And this is not just a shaking in one realm. Now there's, this shaking is in many, many realms, many, many dimensions. And I'm going to expose that. So, and then I, I came back to Turkey at the time. That's where I was pastoring. And I announced to the church at our uh, annual camp meeting that we have in December that 2011 is going to be a year of revelation, great revelation. And of course, it started with me. And I began to fast and pray. And it was early in the month of February. One night in the middle of the night, I was woken up three o'clock in the morning. I just literally woke up and stood up in bed like this. And I, you know, I was woken up by the Holy Spirit and I heard an audible voice from the Lord. One of the few times, few times in my life where I heard God's audible voice and I heard it so clearly. It was like somebody standing there in our bedroom and just shouting at me. And I heard the word money changers because I was asking the Lord to give me an understanding of what's going on. And that was the time where, if you remember, the Arab Spring broke out. And there was all this stuff going on in the Middle East, in our nation. We had many issues. And so, and I was seeking the Lord because I knew a lot of things. I knew a lot of things. I've studied a lot of the things. And I knew a lot of things. I knew a lot of things. But there was this one missing piece that I was just could, I needed to connect the dots. And that's what I was praying about. And what I did was I shut off all information. I shut off news, television. I shut off social media, everything. I didn't want anybody to tell me. I would even tell people, don't tell me about anything. Could people come to the pastor, you know, this is happening. I said, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to have information. I'm pressing in for revelation. Amen. I'm pressing in for revelation. I'm, I'm going to hear from the spirit of God. And I don't want any other strange voices. The voice of a stranger, I will not follow. I want to hear the voice of the good shepherd. Can you say amen? So, so money changes. I was woken up in the middle of the night. I stood up in bed and I knew the Lord spoke to me. At first, in my natural mind, I thought, what has that got to do with anything? But I knew the Lord spoke, and I could not go back to bed because I was literally shaking in my bones. The voice of the Lord is so powerful. So I went into my study in the middle of the night. I opened, because I know where the story is of the money changers, right before the crucifixion, one of the final events that is recorded in all four of the Gospels, gospels when Jesus makes the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. After... He makes the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. One of the major events that we find that happens is he goes into the temple. He walks into the temple, into the courtyard, and that courtyard was called the court of the Gentiles. It was actually the only place Gentiles could enter into. And it was, they, were, they were supposed to be evangelized there. They were supposed to see God's glory, and they were supposed to hear God's word. They were supposed to see a reflection of the kingdom of God in the court of the Gentiles. Do you understand me in the courtyard? But he goes into the courtyard and we have the story that he ends up cleansing the temple. And I want us to look at something here. So go with me to Matthew 21. If you just can bear with me and be patient. This is the first time since we have been in America in three years that I am going to open this up in depth. And your eyes will be open today and you will never be the same again. I believe you're going to hear things today that will absolutely change and transform your life and you're going to receive revelation and you will never be the same again so father i pray that you give us ears to hear eyes to see and that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the truth today i pray that the entrance of your word brings light and may you enlighten the eyes of our understanding as we hear your word and the holy spirit reveals to us about what is going on in jesus mighty name 
Amen. So you know now after the triumphal entry in Matthew 21, if you go with me to verse 12, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer. By the way, worship is the highest form of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Look at the manifestation of the healing power. Do you understand me? You see what's taking place. On one side, he's confronting a structure. Do you understand me? An established structure. He's literally throwing into chaos. Overturning the tables means overturning of a system. Do you see that? And right after that, great healing power is manifested. Why? Because there's all these sick and lame laying there with no help. And then there's this system of greed that has come in where money is more important than people. Do you understand me? Money is more important than people have absolutely no value. The only thing of value there is the commerce that's going on. Okay. But then the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. And the rulers of that system were indignant, angry, very angry. Do you see that? And said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never heard out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. And you actually find out it's right after that that he cursed the fig tree. And then we also find, because you can read this in Mark 11, 15 through 19. You can also read this in Luke 19, 45 through 48. The synoptic gospels, are, the stories are very similar. Then you have the gospel of John, which is basically covers the last week of Jesus prior to the crucifixion. And in John chapter 2, it's a little bit different. So I'll read from John chapter 2, verses 13 and 16. Now the pastor of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found the temple. He found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them out all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's a house of merchandise. Then the disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up or consumed me. Hallelujah. And it was right after this that the Pharisees, the scribes, and the money changers conspired to kill Jesus. And they bribed Judas Iscariot with money from, from the temple money to betray Jesus. Okay. Now I want to put everything in context. Because we read this thing, we see this old temple, we see these tables, we see oxen, sheep. This is not necessarily contemporary for us today. But let me put it in contemporary terms. The Lord began to speak to me very clearly that night. My eyes were opened like never before. I began to see everything. I mean, I've preached a few times from these messages, obviously, in context of the church. You know, making sure that the church is you know, clean from, uh, cleansed from the love of money and greed and all of these things. But this was something that happened and it just completely opened my eyes. The Lord spoke to me, he said, the money changers are the bankers. And he said, I want you to study the entire banking system. I want you to study the entire history of money, money creation, money manipulation, how money operates, how the banks operate. I want you to study all of these things. And he says, you will find everything you're looking for. You'll begin to understand this whole structure and you'll find the way to connect all the dots. You'll find the missing link. Amen. So that launched me on a journey. You know, that launched me on a journey. I begin to study for the next six months, which I have been for the, the last 10 years. I've been studying these things out for the last 10 years. You know, but of course, when you study, you got to do it very prayerfully, you know. Because you got to be able to discern. And thank God that I have, you know, we have been given the spirit of truth. Amen. And so as I prayed and I studied, Holy Spirit began to show me the things. He began to show me and he began to confirm the things that I needed to know. The things that were true and the things that were not true. 
and I was able to be, I, I began to see, I began to see this structure, this system that's been established. Hallelujah. So the money changers were the bankers of the time. What they had done, if you notice, this was the time of the Passover. That means the Jewish people had to gather in Jerusalem at the time of the Passover because that was the only place where they could worship. They had to come to the temple because that's where God's presence was. Okay? And so this was a great opportunity for these guys. And I begin, to find, you know, I begin to find out that the money changers were actually a sect. Just like the Pharisees were and just like the Sadducees were, they were a sect. It was a conglomerate. It was a cabal. Do you understand me? I actually called them banksters. They were like the mafia of the day, you know. And they had actually formed, they had actually realized that if they worked together, they could drive up the prices and manipulate and control and monopolize the market. And what we need to understand, a lot of people don't realize this, that, you know, they think that governments create money. Governments do not create money. Money is actually created by banks. And I'll explain that very briefly, and I'm, hopefully this stirs you to kind of do some research. But what had happened was at the time, they had coined a special coin. They called it the, the silver shekel of the temple. It was the temple coin. And everybody that came to Jerusalem to bring their tithes, their offerings, whatever, they, to bring their first fruits and to, to buy the certain types of sacrificial animals to worship God, they had to go through the money changers in order to exchange whatever money they were bringing. Because remember, money was usually in the form of precious metals and it was always done through weight. They didn't have paper money like us today and then they didn't have different denominations of money, one, ten, whatever, all that kind of stuff, right? So here's what happened. They had developed a system where they created the money and everybody had to come through them. And guess what happens? When you have a monopoly, you can basically control the market, right? So this was the system, okay? And, um, and one of the things you have to understand about money is a lot of different things have been used as money throughout the ages, you know, people have used all kinds of things. They've used seashells. They've used pieces of wood. I don't know if you realize this, but in actually in, in England, uh, you know, in the United Kingdom, they used tally sticks for almost 700 years as money. It's basically a stick. And the king, king's treasurer would cut notches in the stick to establish the value of the, of the money. And they would cut it in half. And half of the stick was kept in the... The treasury of the king and the other half was released into circulation to be used as money now you would say who in the world would want to use a stick well when the king tells you that's the only legal tender for paying the king's taxes and for buying and selling in the kingdom you have no choice but to use it do you understand me right see we're so used to paper money which has only been around for about 300 years that we don't understand these things and actually the first central bank that was established was the bank of england and the first shares of the bank of england were actually purchased with tally sticks you can go to the museum in london and you'll see the, the wooden tally sticks there on display that was used as the first deposit made into the bank of england as money so it, it's a very interesting system but this is really not what i want to get into today but i'm trying to give you some idea about what the situation is so what I begin to find out is the money system, the money structure. The money changers were the bankers of the time, and they were actually the most powerful sect in Jerusalem because they controlled the money. And remember, the Bible says the Pharisees loved money. So they worked together with the money changers. They coined this special temple coin and worked together with the Pharisees, which were basically the executive government, and then the scribes, which were the lawmakers, which were the legislators. So they were actually the government. When you read about Pharisees and scribes, they were not just religious leaders, but they were also the government. So there was this structure that had been put into place that had put people in bondage. And Jesus came and overturned the money changers' tables. That means he shook up that system. He actually got pretty violent with them, making whips and whipping them. It's the only time we find in the Bible where Jesus actually got physically physical with people. So what we're dealing with, as it was back then, and it is the same now, we have this structure 
which is a global, globalist structure, and it is the spirit of Antichrist working that has established a structure. And it works through many, many different dimensions. You know, it, it, it has number one on the top of the list is the central money powers. And today what we are dealing with is private central banks and phony stock markets that basically drive up and drive down the market, okay? We have a system in the United States called the Federal Reserve. It is not federal. It is as federal as Federal Express is federal, and it has no reserves. Amen. And we have a fiat money system, and fiat money means money created out of thin air. The word fiat in Latin means let there be. So fiat money, let there be money. There's money. Just like God said, let there be light. There was light. These money changers or today's banks say, let there be money, and they create money with the push of a button. So the Federal Reserve is actually the central bank of the United States. It is a private bank owned by private stockholders. It is not a government institution. And what we have today is a system that is basically unconstitutional because the Constitution of the United States gives the power to create money to the Congress in gold and silver. And that's what we used to have. Gold backs, you know, silver backs, you know, uh, uh, gold certificates, silver certificates. Anybody ever seen those? Yeah. And that actually means there had to be gold or silver deposited in the reserve of the United States Treasury for that money to be created. It was simply a certificate that represented actual wealth of the nation. Well, all that is gone. The silver and the gold is gone. It's been stolen, but my Bible tells me, God says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Hallelujah. And I will shake all nations. One more time, I'll shake the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. And I'll shake every nation and the desire of all nations and the treasure of all nations shall come in. And in this place, I will release my glory. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. And we are the latter house and God's going to fill us his house with glory. We are to be the end time glorious church. And then the Bible also tells us that the wealth of the wicked is laid out for the righteous, that there's going to be a wealth transfer in these final days. So what we're seeing and what we're about to see, what we're about to see this shaking. And the Lord spoke to me 10 years ago. He said, I will step in one more time before the final days. Because this was actually the, one of the final things that Jesus did before the cross. The first time he came. Before the res death, burial, and resurrection. And he says, before my return, one more time, I will step in. And I will shake the system. And I will overturn the money changers tables one more time. And I will shake the whole system, the structure. And I will throw it into chaos. Do you understand me? And out of this chaos, my glorious church will rise. And the end time harvest of souls shall be reaped. And then the end shall come. As I spoke to you last week, Matthew 24, the devil does not determine the end of the age. Jesus said, when this gospel of the kingdom is preached in every nation as a witness, then the end shall come. That's when the end comes, not when the devil says the end comes. The end comes through the church ushering in the power of the kingdom, the power of the gospel in every nation as a witness. And that kind of church is the church that is the glorious church, the triumphant church, the victorious church, the anointed church, the empowered church. Hallelujah. Not a weak church that's going to go hide in caves. But a church that's going to rise up and be powerful and is going to break through and operate in the fire of the Holy Ghost. This is why the anointing is so important. See, the antichrist is the anti-anointing. The word Christ means anointed. And now we are God's anointed people. Jesus is no longer on the earth. He says, I am leaving. I'll go back to my father. But when I leave, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you another comforter. I will send you the Holy Ghost. He will be in you. He'll abide in you. And you'll be anointed. And you'll be endued with power from on high. That means clothed by the anointing. Like an invisible shield of the clothing of the anointing. A supernatural hazmat suit. Hallelujah. And you walk in power and authority. Go preach the gospel in every nation. If you encounter devils, cast them out. If you encounter the sick, put on a mask, 
Disinfect your hands and run to a cave. No, lay hands on them and they will recover. Speak with new tongues. Take up serpents. And if they try to kill you and poison you, you will not die. Because that's supernatural protection. And these signs shall follow them who believe. And they went about preaching the gospel everywhere, preaching the word everywhere. And the Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs following. This is the day and the hour of the signs that will follow the supernatural church. This is the day and the hour of the church rising, the glorious church, the victorious church, the majestic church, the powerful church. Hallelujah. This is why we do not back down. We cannot back down. Because if we back down now, What happens later? Do you understand me? We cannot back down. And we need to have the anointing because the devil hates the anointing. He's afraid of the anointing. He knows the, he, can, he, he does not stand a chance with a church that carries the anointing. That's why he tries to get the church out of the anointing, out of the supernatural into the natural. And when the church begins to operate by natural wisdom, by natural methods, the church is naked, just like the seven sons of Sceva, who went trying to cast the devil out of a demoniac, amen, and he said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, and the demon cried out and said, well, we, Jesus, we definitely know, and we're getting to know Paul, but who are you? And that one man jumped on them, the seven, sons of Sceva, and beat them up and stripped them naked. And the Bible says they ran out of the house bleeding and naked. But they actually were already spiritually naked when they walked in. And the demons could see they, had, they were not carrying the, the clothing of the anointing. They had not been endued, clothed with power from on high. So they could see that in the realm of the spirit that these guys had no chance. And they jumped on him. We know Paul. We can't touch him because he's anointed. And actually, right before that, it's in Acts chapter 19. This was in Ephesus. Right before that, you see the, right, the, the verse right before the whole story with the seven sons of Sceva says, And God did extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, that handkerchiefs and clothing taken off of his body were carried away into the villages and towns afar off. And as they were laid on the people, people were set free from demons and people were healed and delivered. Do you understand me? So here's a man operating by the anointing and the power. God doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. By the anointing. And then here's people that are pretending, imitating, and they got exposed. And the fact that they were stripped naked physically, they were already spiritually naked before they were physically naked. Because everything begins in the realm of the spirit that manifests in the natural. However you're in the spirit is going to eventually manifest physically. So they walked in naked spiritually and walked out naked physically. Hallelujah. We cannot be naked in this hour. We have to be endued with power from on high. We have to be protected by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of Antichrist that's already in the world. And the spirit of Antichrist that's operating. Because John, the apostle John warned us. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world and it's operating. We are dealing with spiritual forces. Principalities, powers, spiritual forces, unseen, demonic spirits in the unseen realm. Wickedness in high places, that's what we are dealing with. And, there is a, and they, they don't operate. They're not operating randomly. They're operating strategically. And Paul said, we know the strategies of the devil. I am informing you of the strategies of the devil today. You're going to leave this place. You're going to walk out of this place knowing the strategy of the evil one. What he's trying to do. Trying to usher in his agenda. His end time version. His scenario. But let me tell you, God has an end time version. God has a scenario. God's not asleep. He didn't fall off the throne. He's still sovereign God. Hallelujah. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's the one who shakes the nations. He's the one who rises up kings and brings down kings. Glory to God. And God is not going to be outdone by a fallen angel. And he was the cherub that covered, the anointed cherub that covered. He had the anointing. Lucifer. He was the angel that led worship in heaven. He was before the throne of God. But he was not satisfied with the power and the authority that he was given. His greed and lust for more power. He wanted to sit on the throne. And he made false promises to a third of the angels. He was a power broker. Do you understand me? That's what this whole thing is about. It's always about more power. That's how the world system operates. Operates on greed for more money, greed for more power. It's always grabbing more money. It's always grabbing more power. That's what's going on right now. 
the powers that be, and the people that are used by these powers. There are people, even though our battle is not against flesh and blood, we know that people are being used. People. And many of them are behind the scenes. You don't even know their names sometimes until they get exposed. But they are. There is a structure. There's a globalist structure out there of the Antichrist. And the ultimate purpose is to enslave all of mankind to serve and bow their knee to Lucifer. Do you understand me? We will not bow our knee to Lucifer. And in this structure, we have things that we need to understand. The first at the top of the pyramid is the money powers. The central banks with their phony stock markets and the global corporations. Then you have the governmental structures. Then you have the media, the entertainment, the arts, music and movies are part of this. That's why we are dealing with a media that 24-7 absolutely lies to people. To drive an agenda, to indoctrinate, to brainwash, to deceive. That's why you cannot be led by information. You have to shut it off. You have to get on your knees. You have to press into the word of God. You have to pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, you better cry out and say, Lord, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in tongues so that I can pray in tongues. I can intercede. I can pray in the spirit. You got to get on your face like never before. You got to intercede like never before. You got to pray like never before. You got to seek God like never before. Amen. Because we are dealing with some, some things that are happening. Hallelujah. Then you have the education. Then you have the food, the drugs, the pharmaceutical system. Then you have the religious system. And what's the purpose of all of this? Eventually to lead to a one world government, one world money system, and one world religion. That's what we're dealing with. And behind the scenes, there's high levels of occult activity. Let me tell you, actually, the people that are being used of Lucifer, the Luciferian servants, they are so wicked and evil, your average person cannot even comprehend the things that they are willing to do. You don't. Your average sinner, they may sin, they may, you know, do just commit your basic sins. Do you understand me? And then that's why sometimes when, when the stuff that these guys do is exposed, it's shocking. It's shocking. People cannot believe it because we don't operate that way. You know, you may cuss, you may curse, you may get offended with somebody, you know, you may drink, smoke, whatever, do something. And those are basic sins. The kind of sins these people commit, high treason. I mean, we're talking about mass murder on a global scale that they will do. So let me tell you right now, what's going on behind the scenes? Is there a virus? Yes. It was patented in 2015 by the Bill Gates Foundation called coronavirus. And they've been experimenting with this thing since then. This is the truth. This is the truth. If it shocks you, it shouldn't. Because if Bill Gates is painted out to be this nice, intelligent man, you don't know who he really is. The Bill Gates Foundation has been vaccinating. It's all about vaccines. They've been vaccinating for years. Even back in 2004 when I was traveling in Africa, the pastors were telling me, whenever the Bill Gates Foundation comes to vaccinate our people, all our women go barren. So we have realized what's going on. We have to go warn the villagers because they're very ignorant. Oh, they're coming. They're not here to help you. They're not here to serve you. Don't take those vaccines. And now somebody asked me, are you against vaccines like the Jehovah Witnesses or something? You know, I said, no, 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 it's not about that. I'm against them because of what's in them. Because of what they're carrying. Because of what they're imparting. Stuff has been put in them. And imparted into children. That's why we have all this autism and all these other kinds of dysfunctions in people. Vaccines, mercury has been in them. Uh, they're, putting, they're putting things in the air. They're spraying heavy metal. I mean, there's poison that's being spread all the time. Even before the virus, there was stuff everywhere all the time. P putting fluoride in the water here even. You have to understand the agenda behind this demonic. Kill, steal, and destroy. Pull it up on YouTube. You will watch this. You can see Ted Turner. You can see Bill Gates. You can see some of these global elite talking about reducing the world's population to 500 million people. It's from their own words, not me. Pull it up on YouTube while we still have it, and you can see it. So this is what's been going on. Redu just to kill stealers, they are Luciferian servants, and they deal with high level of occult. There's evil things that are going on behind the scenes secret cults and societies that they get initiated into through child sacrifice, drinking blood of babies. I mean, these people are sick to the core because you, your mind cannot comprehend it. I know it. I know some of you are just going, what? Let me tell you, 10 years 
of prayerful research. Sometimes I say, Lord, why did you wake me up in the middle of that night? Ignorance is bliss. Because I remember when I began to discover some things, I'd walk around the house weeping, weeping like, honey, do you know what's going on? My wife was to the point where like, would you just leave the house, maybe go check into a hotel for a couple of days and fast and pray? Because I was a wreck, walking around weeping, angry, knowing what they had done to the nations, what, how they have raped and pillaged nations, how they have committed genocide, how they have poisoned people, how they have lied to people, how they have stolen the money of nations and pillaged. These people are evil to the core because they serve the evil one, Lucifer. So there is a Luciferian structure. Amen. And they're not even hiding it. Just look on the one dollar bill. I knew it coeptus, announcing our concept. Novo Ordo Seclorum, New World Order. Anybody ever heard about presidents and world leaders talking about the New World Order? The New World Order? The New World Order. Well, who runs the New World Order? The global elite serving Lucifer. That's the, that's the ultimate thing. That's what this is about. In Matthew 17, there's a story when Peter was in Capernaum. The Pharisees come to him. They said, hey, we checked our, we checked our uh, I'm just going to really go through these quickly. We checked our books and we find that you did not pay the temple tax. See, the temple tax was an illegal tax. Actually, it was only supposed to be received at every census and you didn't have census every year, and only male uh, people that, you know, uh, uh, all the male at the age of 20 were to pay this uh, half shekel silver uh, of the temple tax for the upkeep of the temple, but they were collecting it every year. Now they had developed this illegal taxation, and we have a lot of illegal taxation also in this nation, and other nations too. See, as soon as the Federal Reserve was established, the federal income tax was established and the IRS was established because it's the collateral for, collateral for the debt, national debt. And money is debt. Even look on the money, it says legal tender for all debts, public and private. So it's, a, it's about debt. It's about creating debt. Every time that thing is printed, more debt is created. And somebody has to be the collateral for that debt. So now we, it's been developed into a system of slavery because the borrower is a servant to the lender. So they came to Peter. They said, hey, has you, have you paid your temple tax has your master paid the temple tax peter comes to jesus and jesus says oh they're asking for the temple tax aren't they oh yes well the sons are exempt you know what that means who are the sons those that are led by the spirit of god are the sons of god because the the truth of the god of god's word was that they didn't have to pay that it was in a census and jesus was not required to pay it because he would have paid it right nobody would be coming after looking for jesus because he didn't fulfill the law he was perfect he fulfilled the law. Do you understand me? But it was an illegal tax. So they came after him and Jesus said, the sons are exempt. But lest we offend them. What does that mean? Lest we give them a reason to come after us. Because we got to get this thing off of our back so we can focus on our mission. Because the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. I don't want to mess with these money changers. And I'm not going to be indebted to them because I walk in a different realm. So Peter, go. Take one hook. Put down one hook. Catch one fish. Peter was a fisherman, but he didn't fish with hooks. He fished with nets. You want to be a successful fisherman, you don't use hooks, especially one hook. You use nets. The first time Jesus found Peter, he was cleaning his nets because he had been out all night and caught nothing. And Jesus got in the boat, used the boat to preach the gospel, and then says, launch out to the deep, put down your nets. And Peter's like, Lord, there's nothing in this lake. Put down your nets. Okay, on your word, I'll put down the nets. And the Bible says there was such a catch. It was a net-breaking, boat-sinking kind of catch. It was so much abundance and overflow, he actually had to call his partners to come and fill their boat too. I mean, look at the supernatural explosion of provision the moment Jesus steps in your boat. You better have Jesus in your boat. In these final days, you're going to have to have Jesus in your boat. You may have to lay hands on some toilet paper to be multiplied. And I've seen, I've seen supernatural food multiplication. I have seen supernatural food multiplication. I've seen 30 people eat from two chickens. So it's possible. We're going to have to believe God for this kind of stuff in these final days. Do you understand me? Because you can't run to the banks. Now, listen. What the Pharisees were asking for was a half shekel silver coin of the temple per person. That was one shekel. Half shekel for Peter, half shekel for Jesus. Jesus says, go, 
Put down one hook, the first fish you catch, open its mouth, you will find one shekel. Go pay your tax and go pay my tax and get these guys off of our back. Let's move on. This is just a distraction. This is like a little fly buzzing. I'm not even going to let this bother me and I'm not going to give them a chance to be offended with us, to persecute us. Let's just get this thing off of our back because we got supernatural provision. This is a distraction. The whole thing there is not even, it's not about money, it's about the mission. It's not about money, it's about the mission. Don't focus on the money, focus on the mission. You focus on the mission, the money will come. The problem is a lot of people focus on the money. When I have the money, I'll do something for God. No, no, no. You do something for God because you have the word. One word is enough. Jesus gave Peter a word. What was that? That was a supernatural strategy. Supernatural strategy. God's going to give you supernatural strategies in these days to create wealth. God gives you power to create wealth. I'm telling you right now, there's an anointing. There's an anointing that's going to prosper you. There's an anointing that's actually going to provide for you. There's an anointing that's actually going to empower you to break through in this time. We do not listen to me. We are, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. This is not our crisis. You must accept that. This is not our crisis, guys. This is a man-made crisis. And, and this should not shock you, but last night, last night I'm just flipping through the channels, a movie came on and I was so so caught up with what they were saying and in the movie in the movie there was a um 2017 movie it's called unlocked and there's michael douglas you know the famous actor he's pr pr playing this covert operative he's trying to release this global virus and listen what he says when we release the global virus it will give us power to make legal the things we want forced isolation forced quarantine, forced vaccinations, medical martial law, and real-time access to personal medical data. And now we have the Bill Gates Foundation that's coming out with ID 2020. They want to chip everybody, and they're going to try to force vaccinations on people. That's what they try to do, use the virus to create fear and force vaccinations so that everybody can be chipped. That's their agenda. I am not taking no chip. And I'm not taking no vaccine. Nobody's going to put poison in me. And nobody's going to put any device in me that God didn't put in me. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk and live the way that God created me. Well, what if they try to kill you? Well, they tried to kill Daniel. He put him in the lion's den. They put him. He slept peacefully in the middle of the lions while the king that put him there was tossing and turning at night. Couldn't sleep. Well, what about... Well, what if they throw you in the fire? Well, they, they, they tried that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My Bible tells me, fear not. Even though you walk through the fire, you shall not burn. Even though you walk through the waters, you shall not drown. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody here today? Because there's going to be a fourth man in the fire. The one who looks like the son of man. The one who is all-consuming fire. My Lord, my God, my Savior, my Deliverer, my Healer, my Provider, my Righteousness, my Peace, my Joy. That is my portion. That is your portion. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in accusation against you shall be condemned because this is your inheritance as a child of the living God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is not the time to cower in fear. This is the time to rise up, be the church that God has called us to be. Hallelujah, the supernatural church, the glorious church, the victorious church, the anointed church. Ha! Fire brands. He makes his servants as flames of fire. Ha! God sits in the heavens and laughs. Why do the nations rage? Look at all their plots and plans. Ha, 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 ha. Job 5.22, at destruction and famine, thou shalt laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. You have to mock the devil, just like Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal. Oh, come on, shout some more. Cut yourself some more. Maybe he's asleep. My God is the one who answers by fire. 
he prayed a short prayer because he knew whom he was serving. It's time to mock the prophets of Baal who sit at Jezebel's table and eat. They're all in it together. We got religious leaders that have infiltrated the church to corrupt the church with false doctrine. Trained up in seminaries financed by the Rockefeller Foundation to take the power of God out of the church so the church becomes weak. I'm telling you the truth right now. This is what's been happening for a long time. The United Nations, the World Health Organization behind this whole thing. Corrupt globalist organization, part of the structure. United Nations, corrupt to the core, demonic to the core. You go to the United Nations in New York, the whole place is full of occult symbols. You go to the European Parliament, see it with my own eyes, the whole place is full of occult symbolism. You can see, you can see the woman riding the bull Baal right outside of the Parliament, European Union Parliament building, which is built in the form of the unfinished Tower of Babel. Because that's their purpose, is to finish the Tower of Babel. Nimrod was the first type of the Antichrist. And God scattered him. And I believe God's going to scatter this one. I feel in my spirit, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. But it'll happen when the church prays. And as quickly as this thing rolls up, it'll fall just as quickly. But things will never be the same after this. We are going to be in a different world. We're going to be in a different world because some nations have already gone too far. There's no turning back. They are under total lockdown martial law to the point you cannot leave your house. You'll be arrested just for leaving your house. And they don't have the Bill of Rights like we do. They don't have the Constitution of the United States like we do. Next to the Bible, the second most important document that we have in this nation. That's why it's been under attack. That's why they want to take away the, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment. They want to take away the Second Amendment so you can't protect yourself. And this is not, the Second Amendment is not there for you to protect your house from break-ins. It is there so that people can create a militia to stand against tyranny of government. And we have tyranny rising from the north, the south, east, and the west. Will the church arise in this hour? Will the church arise in this hour? I'm sorry, I know too much to just go back. Or maybe I can just change the message. Yes, Jesus loves me. But let me tell you right now, the churches have been preaching the kind of messages that are basically fit for children's church. The adults have been getting children's church messages. That's why they're not prepared that's why they're not equipped people don't have substance on the inside of them they've been filled with hot air instead of the word it's the word that's going to strengthen your faith and one day I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for the opportunities he's given me the people I've stood before and if I didn't tell them the truth I will be held accountable and responsible and I will suffer double judgment for the things that I taught and I didn't teach so I'm not going to be the one that's going to stand before the Lord and be judged because I was too chicken. And I didn't tell the people the truth because thinking that people may get offended. Let me tell you right now, you need to hear what I'm telling you. Jesus didn't send Peter to the money changers. Hey, the money changers are the ones that are uh, coming up with the shekel, half shekel of the, the temple. Why don't you go to them? He says, no, 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 no. Go fishing. Go on assignment. Follow my word, even as ridiculous as it may seem. You look in the Bible, there's stories and stories and stories of supernatural provision. And most of them seem ridiculous things. Feeding 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. A woman and her son about to eat their last meal and die. Eating for many days. Because they fed the prophet. I mean, come on guys. A jar of oil that just would not fail and just kept flowing and 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 flowing. Got the woman out of debt, and then she lived on the rest for the rest of her life. I mean, come on, guys. Do we really believe supernatural provision? Because the Lord said to me, you got to tell my people in these final days. Because the final countdown has begun. And I'm telling you right now, the next thing on God's agenda, on God's prophetic calendar, is the rapture of the church. 
We're going home soon. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. We're not appointed onto wrath. We're appointed onto salvation, and we're going very soon. We're going to be caught up together. But Jesus said, five are wise, five are foolish. Don't be numbered among the foolish. Be numbered among the wise. Make sure that you are ready. Make sure that you are ready. And in Matthew 6, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise another. You cannot serve God and mammon or money. So that's it. There's two, basically two masters. Money is at the top of the pyramid of the world system, and those who control it try to run the show. So we are dealing with a system that's coming in to bring tyranny like we see in Revelation chapter 13. Then I saw another beast, verse 11, coming up from the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of man. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. Three different structures of man. The one world government, the one world money system, and the one world religion. The three-headed monster, the beast. Beast represents a system. And... Ultimately, this is where the world is going. It is written. No one can change that. It will happen. That people will take the mark of the beast for the sake of survival so they can buy and sell. And you can see, you can see how that's being crafted now. You know, in Denmark, people are already being chipped. If they're vaccinated, they're chipped, then that's when they can go out. In other nations, people are being stamped with quarantine stamps. If they have a quarantine stamp, they cannot go out on the street. They have to be basically in house arrest. So if you, if you want any freedom, you have to do what they tell you to do. Are we going to allow that? When the time comes, how are we going to handle it as Christians? We have to be prepared. I'm not here trying to put a fear in you, but I'm trying to explain to you what's ahead. I do believe we have more time. I do believe that this thing is going to turn, but the world will never be the same again. But I also believe that this will be a wake-up call for the church. I also believe that this will be a wake-up call. Wake-up call. Wake-up call to bring us on our knees, to bring us to the place where we're pressing into God, to be ready to be prepared, not to come under fear and deception, not to operate by survival instinct, but to operate by faith. I can go on and on and on, and I will continue next week, but I tried to basically impart to you in, in about a little over an hour the things that I have learned over the last decade. And the Lord said, prepare my people for the final days. They have to learn how to operate by faith instead of fear. That's the number one. They have to know how to operate in supernatural provision. Amen. And they're going to have to learn to operate under supernatural healing and divine protection. And this is the time where we have to operate by supernatural healing and divine protection. That's why we're going to take communion. I'm going to declare the power of the blood of Jesus over you. Amen. Hallelujah. Your, the doorposts of your house. The entry points will be marked by the precious blood of Jesus and nothing of death will be able to enter in. Hallelujah. We have the guarantee of this in God's word. People in other nations have absolutely no choice but to believe these things. Amen. And now we're getting to a point in America too where we have no choice but to believe in the word of God. Because you cannot trust somebody who says, hey, if I just pump this in you, you'll be fine. So we have to be very, very, very discerning in these days. And then we, we cannot allow fear and deception to rule over us.
Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.